Father in heaven, thank you for uh, this day. Lord, each day from you is a gift and a blessing, and we thank you and we praise you. Thank you that we're able to, to come here, um, to learn, to grow, um, to worship and praise you. Lord, may this time um, in this study of your attributes be um, honoring and glorifying to you, and may it um, help us to grow in our understanding of you. Uh, guide me and lead me, uh, Lord, through this lesson today, um, glorify yourself through this. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so last week should have been what we're covering today, but due to illness on several people, we, we didn't have our training hour. Um, but today we're going to talk about um, the first attribute in the book, which is God's infinitude. And if you'll remember an attribute from two weeks ago, an attribute is a characteristic or quality of a person or thing. It's a quality or feature regarded as a characteristic or inherent part of someone or something. And I think with God, it's important to remember that inherent part this is, these attributes are who, these attributes are who God is. Um, I do have a handout, um, well two handouts actually, one is my notes with some spaces for you to fill in the blanks, and then the other is some scripture um, that speaks about God's infinitude, because as I went through the the book, there wasn't a whole lot of scriptures that spoke about that, so I thought it would be good to have some of that. But the goal of today's lesson is to help us understand God's attribute of infinitude and how it applies to our relationship with him. And I've underlined relationship there because, um, as we'll, well, we'll get to that. Um, Tozier starts out his, uh, this chapter with a passage from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. And I'm going to read from the book, which is, I'm not sure what version this is. King James. This is from the King James Version. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Why do you think Tozier begins this the study of this chapter with a discussion on the believer's position in Christ rather than about God's infinitude? And I did nope, I just left you a blank for the answer. 
answer is in the book. Um, but you have to search for it. But I will give it to you. Um, the answer, the thread that runs through both volumes of the attributes of God is in every chapter, Tozier endeavors to show how God's attributes relate directly to our life in him. Okay, So that's why he has started this with this verse about our life in him. The last verse 3 there, the end of verse 3, your life is hid with Christ in God. So that's the reason why he starts with that. Um, yes, that was a lot, so I'll read it again. Yeah. In every chapter, Tozier endeavors to show that God to show how God's attributes relate directly to our life in Him. So he starts with a verse related to that. to our relationship with Christ. Um, is it when in the, um, the introduction we talked about that psalm and that's that, that was how Tozier was looking when he studied it and then was communicating on it, it was with regard to our relationship to him. Um, so find and read Tozier's definition of God's infinitude so that's where I've got, got some help for you on that one which is in the book in the journey to infinity what's he to infinity and beyond <laughs> Infinitude is Tozier defines it as God knows no limits, no bounds, and no end. What God is, He is without boundaries. All that God is. He is without bounds or limits. So there's no end, no limit, no boundary. God is infinite. Um, so then I'm going to go back to the Colossians verse. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And he says um, in the study guide section of the book on page 10 that this hidden life in God is where God's infinitude meets our spiritual need. So what does that mean? To me, 
the one who supplies those. We have infinite spiritual needs. God is the one who will supply those infinite spiritual needs, and he is infinite. He can provide, he can supply all that we ever need from our spiritual standpoint. Um, Tozer goes on to say that this hidden life in Christ begins when we realize that that God is all that we would have and can desire. And once we really believe this, that all we need and desire is found in God alone, the significance of God's infinitude is overwhelming. And I think really believing that and grasping that for me is is difficult because the the infinitude is such a difficult thing to grasp. Um, Christianity is a gateway into God, and once we get into God with Christ in God, so Christ is in God, and when we are with Christ, we are in God. Then we're on a journey into infinity, into infinitude. There's, there's no limit. There's no place to stop. And he says in this section of the book, there isn't just one work of grace, then a second and a third, and that is it, which we can be very thankful for that. There are numberless works of grace that can take place as we journey into the heart of God. God is infinite. He has no end. We can never come to the end of our knowledge of him. Any questions so far? That kind of covers the journey to infinity. And then Tozer goes on to talk about infinity cannot be measured, which I think we would all know that. Um, I usually think of infinity, when I think of infinity, I think in terms of, of math for some reason, because that's where I learned the concept of infinity. But we often use words such as boundless, unlimited, and infinite to describe things of this world. Boundless energy it's usually just describes a child sometimes. Or, you know, there's no such thing as boundless energy. You can measure man's energy. Um, we can say an artist takes infinite pains with his picture. Tozer says he doesn't. He does the best he can, then he says, it isn't right. But, but it will have to do. I kind of feel like that with this lesson than myself. <laughs> like, it's not right, but it'll have to do. Um, and then the unlimited thing, that in today's culture, what I usually hear related to unlimited is unlimited talk and text, <laughs> you know, related oh, to your yeah. phones. So is that really unlimited? I don't know. I suppose if you kept using and using and using at some point they would say hey you gotta stop 
but there's no end to God. He is unlimited. Um, so these words, the words boundless, unlimited, and infinite, describe God. They don't describe anything but God. The words don't apply to creatures or sand or anything that can be measured. Do we fully grasp the vastness of God? I think that's a question to, to think about. Um, in the book, Tozier, he says, the poet says, one God, one majesty, there is no God but thee, unbounded, unextended unity. And what does he mean by unbounded, unextended unity? He means God doesn't extend into space. God contains space. If there were a point where God stopped, then God wouldn't be perfect. If God knew almost everything, but not quite everything, then he wouldn't be perfect in knowledge. His understanding wouldn't be infinite, as it says in Psalm 147.5. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The same applies to God's power, the same being the, um, the unlimited. to his goodness his love to every attribute of God so for God to be God he must be infinite in all that he is he must have no bound no limit no stopping place And one of the things I remember from the chapter when Tozier was talking about if God was knew 99.9% .9 of everything, then he wouldn't, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't know everything. And as we know God, God knows everything. Um, and Tozier says, I wouldn't want to worship a God who didn't know everything. <laughs> so it's that the fullness and the completeness and the infinite um, knowledge of God or his love, his power, every attribute of him is there is no part that he doesn't have. We can create gods out of many things. It's a God with a small g. The God being worshipped in many places is simply a God of imagination. That's not the true God. That's, it's not an infinite, perfect, all-knowing, all-wise, all-loving, infinitely boundless, perfect God. The gods that we create are short of that. 
Hozier says, Christianity is decaying because the God, small g, of modern Christianity is not the God of the Bible. We've got to think of God as being the perfect one. So while we can not hope to conceive of God in a way that even approaches his infinite majesty, ask yourself these questions. Is my concept of God too small? Is it worthy of the God I serve, it being concept? And how would a larger view of God affect the way I live?
there's a part of that that we want to understand the things we don't understand because when we understand it we think we well we do know it better but it, it a lot of stuff we need to take on faith and when we understand it the faith part of that I think is diminished or even removed um, so things that we don't understand that we have to take on faith I think that's good as a because that's what our our belief in God is based on
it's the the vastness, the the greatness, the wonder of who God is. pleasure in himself and rejoices in his own perfection. 
that when God created the heaven and the earth and all things, he kept saying it was good. There's references to um, Genesis there in the creation story and at the end of each day, God would say it was good. But when God created man in his own image, he looked and said it was very good. So I think that speaks to creation was good, man is very good. And, and God desires that relationship with us. And one of the next things that Tozier talked about um, was redemption. And he says redemption is not a heavy work for God. That God did what he did joyfully. There's no moral necessity upon God to redeem mankind. God wanted to do this. He didn't have to send his son Jesus Christ to die for mankind. God did send Jesus. <coughs> Excuse me. But at the same time, Jesus did it voluntarily. And I think that speaks again to that, that personal relationship and desire for relationship. So God takes pleasure in himself. God takes pleasure in his work. And meditating on the vastness of God, we must never for a minute imagine that God's greatness diminishes for one moment his interest and concern for all the works of his hands. This is the great God we serve, infinite yet intimate. And he talked in the book about um, this next statement here. Um, he said that it, he says Tozer said there's enthusiasm in the Godhead and there is enthusiasm in creation. Um, what do you think he means? Is, is inspired by God's essence. 
enthusiasm. and think like psalmists. And that was a section in the book where Tozier talked about where he grew up in Pennsylvania and they, the mining the mine companies came in and stripped the tops of the mountains away and the green lushness of the mountains was replaced with just dirt. And he went back a little bit later and there was some, some new growth, but then he went back a number of years later was lush greenness again and he talked about how the scientists were talking about how mother not mother yeah but I think yeah he talks about how mother nature began to draw a green veil over the ugly gash again and if you go back, you will see it has cured itself. He says, that's God Almighty in that. Um, and he makes a relation to, a connection to, to thinking like the Psalms, the psalmists who, who see God in creation and not thinking of that in terms of science. Um, does that make sense?
you think of any other major biblical events, or maybe not major, that involved singing and rejoicing? does singing have to do with God's infinitude?
discover a God who is far beyond our comprehension, but one who is intimately concerned for us. More than that, he invites us into relationship with him. He is the God with whom we will never become bored, the God whom we can know but will never reach the end of. Just think of what Gerald said. This is the God we worship. So next week, um, we'll talk about God's immensity, chapter 2. Um, something I pulled out from there just to give you to think about and hopefully pique your interest. Knowing that God keeps us by his power should make us the happiest people in the world. So why aren't we? The answer to this question and the whole point of the chapter is we depend on the world to make us happy rather than God. We try to find a pleasure in things that are too small, which only leaves us unsatisfied. And let me pray. Father in heaven, thank you for Thank you for your desire for relationship with us. I pray, Father, that um, you would draw us near to you each and every day. Grow in us a desire to know you more fully and completely, even though we can never know all about you, but we can know you accurately. Thank you for this day, for this time to worship and praise you. Be with us as we go into uh, the gathering and um, help us to, to focus our hearts upon you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.